Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello and thank you for downloading another show from the Glasgow Screen Podcast, aka GigPod. It's the day after we showed ourselves up on and off the park, doubling down on a ridiculous decision to go to Dubai after the Rangers game and drawing 1-1 at home to Hibs with a depleted team as a result of our own stupidity. Now, I'm Stevie and with me again on the pod is Mark, who many people praise for his shoot assessment on Peter Lawwell and he's back to take aim at Dermot Desmond for his role in the mess at Celtic this season. First off, Mark, thanks for coming on and did you watch the game last night? Nice to see you, Stevie. I, wa- I did watch the game last night. I thought we'd done okay. And under the circumstances, I thought, you know, there was obviously the young guys pitched in. Yeah, they'd done okay. I thought Turnbull looked phenomenal in midfield. But I think just generally, you kind of get away from the fact that generally it's a shambles. Management at the club and just poor decision making. And I think... Yeah, I mean, the stuff that's going on in the pitch at the moment is is obviously not good. I don't think it's one game or two games. I think it's just fundamentally over the course of a season and you can see that's, you know, not good enough. People got to stick the boot into Mikey Johnson, so it was a good night for a lot of Celtic fans, all things considered, online, I guess. I, th- you know, I actually seen that. There was um, people having a go at Mikey Johnson. Even Flex got absolutely rattled because he had that little ear pod in. Fair dues. I mean, it's not exactly a 1980s, you know, man's man footballer. And Lee Karamoko was getting it. People saying, get rid of them and stuff. And the other boy, the American kid as well, get rid of them. And you're like, look, don't take your frustrations out in three wee kids that have just come into the team. And under what are quite difficult circumstances, they are not, shouldn't be the focus of frustration and certainly uh, anger. It's a very hard situation for the guys to come in and they're not going to get any rest because it's back to it again on Saturday against Livingston, who are actually a step up for Hibs, I would say, form-wise now. But we'll talk about that nearer the time, possibly on Friday, because I've actually asked you to come on to speak about Dermot Desmond. 
So to anybody who's slightly more ignorant than myself and may not know who that is, Dermot Desmond is the largest individual shareholder at our club with a real-time net worth of $2.2 billion. Mark, I know that you've been reading up on him pretty intently recently. What kind of businessman is he? He's basically came from the banking industry. And again, a bit similar to Mr. Lowell. He started out working in Citibank and then he worked for Bank Investment Banker Ireland and then PricewaterhouseCoopers. God, that was a mouthful. <laughs> and actually, the bit that I found uh, interesting, he was working in Afghanistan in 1979 and he had to leave because they were under attack from the Russians. Anyway, so he's came from that banking industry. He's obviously learned, again, quite astutely how stocks work. And in 1981, he founded a business, a a stock brokers called NCB, which he sold actually in 94 for $39 billion. The reason why it's in dollars, because typically everything is in dollars in any sort of information I've ever looked for in Dermot Desmond. But he's basically been involved in equity, funding, um, investment and underwriting. And he's been involved in larger businesses like Bank of Ireland, London, City Airport, even had shares in Man United. There's not much information on exactly the amount of shares he had and, and such like, but he's been involved in the the sports betting website BetDAC. He had he had shares in, in that, um, and ju- just to, just to kind of explain roughly how he makes his money, because I think that part's interesting. Certainly for me, I've spent a lot of time recently taking an interest in you know the stock markets. Where where he initially got his money was he would borrow money from banks and then he would use that money to leverage against a stock that he would buy and then sell the sell sell the stock for a higher price than what he had bought. So he was arguably that's quite a tough thing to do, particularly at the beginning when you don't have as much money to invest. But later on, what actually happened was because he had developed such a, a reputation and he was so well known, he would keep quiet his investment and and his purchases of stocks and then once he had bought the stocks you know and shares he would release like he would he would get some people basically in media or whatever to reveal that he had invested in you know stocks for that business or shares for that business or whatever and then the share price would rise because everyone generally would take comfort from the fact that he had invested in those stocks and shares. And then as soon as that had happened, he would sell his shares. So so generally, his general tactic is to buy lower price stock and shares, not announce it. The share price rises, then he sells. So you'd have to say astute, smart. I mean, stocks and shares are very technical, clearly very risky. But for, for, a, for certain people, particularly people that are dealing with larger sums of money, they get to dictate the tempo and they get to di- they get to dictate the price fundamentally, which is the most important thing, which is why they, I mean, they generally, that's how stockbrokers and day traders make their money because they rely on the general public's lack of knowledge and they exploit that. So yeah, I mean, he, he clearly is a very, very astute, businessman particularly in the the realm of finance not to be confused with you know a wheeler dealer entrepreneur on the street that's 
you know, started up uh, selling watches in the bars and then built their way up from small little stall to, you know, a big shop in the, the, the high street. It's not that type of entrepreneur. It's de- He's grown from the banking sector and finance sector, but, you know, clearly insanely successful at it is he's now worth as you said 2.2 billion dollars which is 1.63 billion in pounds you can't do anything i mean i have nothing but respect for that it's an incredible achievement when i read about dermot desmond and how he's worth two real-time net worth 2.2 billion explain to me what is a real-time net worth i think the the part that quite a lot of people generally misinterpret you know when when they jump into conversations about net worth and the value that people you know are associated with simply net worth is an accumulation of all assets minus debts simple language everything you own minus all that you owe so that's that in a nutshell that's what it is martin you were saying that you do have respect for what dermot desmond has achieved and he is an astute businessman so with that in mind has it been good for celtic football club i think it's important to answer that question to give it some context you know at this at this point he owns 34.7 percent of celtic but when he first invested in celtic in 1995 for four million he he put into the club at that point, that was when Fergus McCann came in. Celtic at that stage were, we, we all know, it was tough times. Dyer, you know, needed to build the stadium, needed to rebuild the brand, actually. So he put £4 million in. And £4 million in modern Celtic feels like nothing, but £4 million at that time was a huge amount of money for Celtic. You know, so I would say that was good. And I would say that when he came in at that time, he had, he had nothing but good intentions for Celtic. Clearly, he done well because in 1998 he made 12 million as the club floated in the stock ex- the London Stock Exchange, um, and his shares moved. Up. They were valued at 16.1 million. So clearly he was rewarded for that. However, you know he he definitely was there at a time when Celtic needed someone like him to be involved, not just his uh, money but his expertise. Um, and I think he was, yeah, definitely at that period good for Celtic. I think as as the his tenure at the club has developed, he's generally been involved or there and thereabouts as you know decision making through throughout the operational side of the the club is is evolved. Um, probably, in my opinion, trusted Peter Lawwell too much. Um, pro- and probably ultimately entrusted them because they've got a similar background. I mean, they both came from finance and Peter Lawwell is also a shareholder in Celtic. So yeah, I would say that's maybe not his best work is putting so much faith in Lawwell. But, so I would say over the piece, he's generally done a good job. He has been under fire this season, especially with doubling down on ridiculous decisions from keeping Neil Lennon and probably antagonising the fans as well to not stepping in with this Dubai debacle as well. So I wanted to ask you next, how culpable is Desmond, specifically this season in your opinion, for what has went wrong at this football club? So I I think there's a bunch of points here. In terms of should Desmond be coming out and making a statement, I think if Desmond comes out and makes a statement about you know the Dubai situation, I know he already made points about 
uh, Lennon and the fans. And I think if you've appointed Lawwell to do that job, which he has, then you've Lawwell's got to come out and do the talking. Generally speaking, he's very culpable this season for many reasons. Just backtracking about, you know, I just just previously I was talking about, you know, we're talking about net worth and we're talking about what what makes a guy worth one point five or six three billion pounds. I think it's important to remember that in a world where there's so much hysteria about um sound bites and trying to trying to embellish the uh, the value of something or someone. Take you back to Craig White when he was at Rangers. James Trainer and Keith Jackson at the time suggested that Craig White was a billionaire. At that point, what where they got confused was that they were actually where the number came from that they were talking about was suggesting that Craig White's businesses managed assets of over one billion, which means that it's it's not it's not even suggesting that his businesses owned a billion of assets is saying they managed them. Never mind Craig White owned them because he's obviously just involved in the businesses and, and he might not even be majority shareholder in all of those businesses. So it's just reckless journalism and it, it gives fans, I think, this really incorrect view of the way that, that, you know, of how they're able to contribute to their club because instantly what goes through fans' brains, as I think, is he's got a billion, he's going to put at least a hundred million of that into the club or, you know, some, you know, some sort of idea like that. And I think it's important to remember when you, when you, when you look at, let's be honest, Craig White compared to Dermot Desmond is, I mean, he's really Del Boy Trotter compared to, you know, like the Wolf of Wall Street. You know I mean? It's real. Dermot Desmond is the real deal when it comes to a billionaire. There's, I mean, he actually is a billionaire. I mean, there's, there's no doubt about that. You look through his list of um, businesses and his all is in order. He is a bona fide billionaire. And there's two reasons for saying that. One is fans appear to be and have always defended Desmond on the basis of he's bailed us out, which I just find utterly baffling because he just simply hasn't. He's never bailed Celtic out. There's just never been... And I know there's been bunches of stories where... He was at the Ronnie Dahlia era where where allegedly he says, get me a real manager or some some or what or words to that effect, which and by the way, I'm not suggesting either this is possible or impossible, but unless he, there's been brown envelopes which have um, been exchanged for services, there is no history where he has put money and you know that's that's um not been attributed to the finances directly into Celtic. His money is for shareholding. so he, And he's rewarded for that shareholding. So this idea that the club are this poor entity and waiting for Dermot's big wallet to come in and invest and, you know, and save them every time that there's a financial problem is just nonsense. And by the way, I've seen lots of people say that. People, I've actually seen people say, he's bailed Celtic out more than once and you're like, where where is any evidence of this? He just hasn't. He just simply hasn't. So so my but my counter to that is that you're a guy with one point six three billion pounds net worth. You're seventy year old. Celtic ultimately is your passion project. 
He's a he's a Celtic supporter, I think. You've got one point six three billion, and this is a ten in a row season. Surely, surely, if ever there's a moment where you're going to put something into your passion project, it's this year to make sure that happened. And I just, I, I mean, he's clearly got. I mean, okay, you could argue, is he got that money in cash? Can he get that money, the equity released from his other businesses to be able to cover that money getting directly put into Celtic? But I just think, come on, you know, the 10 in a row year, surely if you really, really cared about Celtic, you would do that. Because we're not talking mental money here. You know, I mean, you're just talking reasonable investment, but it's not. It's been nickel and dime. And I just think that he's been counterproductive to Celtic. And I, I don't know if it's age. I don't know if it's general resentment towards Celtic fans. I, mean, I actually think he's the, the, the stuff that he, he said about Celtic fans, in, in my opinion, was just, I, I don't know. It just seems like a guy that's losing the plot. The, the stuff where he was saying, the biggest contradiction about Celtic and Celtic supporters is from the minority. When those same supporters that sing about being faithful through and through then boo those at the club, that is a complete and utter desecration of that song. And then he says this, I totally abhor anyone like that. Real support is when you're losing. Real support. That's like a woman saying, a real man wouldn't do that. I mean, it's just like, get a grip. Gonna get a grip. You're meant to be, a, you know, like a guy who's in control of this. It just sounds like a woman scorned. It feels to me like he's absolutely ingrained in a in a view. I mean, there was another one. I was reading a, a, an interview that he'd done with the Irish Times, and he was he was just to get, give you a wee insight to his mindset. There was there was one principle which he he kind of he seems to live and die by. In 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 it's basically he says, if you were to go by what the majority say. You'd never do anything. We we've got to realise that the majority don't succeed. It's always a minority. So I'm always looking for a minority view. Now, if you apply that directly to this situation with Celtic right now, he thinks he knows better. And I just think it is crazy when you're primary, and I said this before when we spoke about Lawwell where the money comes into the club. The money comes into the club primarily from fans. So when your primary source of income is the fans and you think that your view is more important than the fans, I'm sorry, time's up. You, you can't see yourself as more important than the fans. And I, reading between the lines of the way he's talking, his ego has just went crazy. I would say that Desmond is easily as culpable as as anyone. I mean, arguably you could say the most culpable because ultimately he will be in Peter Lowell's ear. You know, I mean, he is the majority shareholder, so he holds a, a, a huge stake in terms of uh, his control of the, the opinion of shareholders and the board. So a lot of these decisions are going to be, you know, totally off his own back. And I think... The idea that this season has been guided by what appears to be penny pension. Maybe it's maybe it's to protect the fact that the share price has went from one pound sixty to ninety-five pence. Maybe it's to protect the fact that, as we spoke about before, that at Celtic, you know, the turnover's down. 
you know, maybe it's just cost cutting. Maybe that's as simple. I, I mean, I, I, I don't know that to be the case because the guys, you know, not really talked much about it. Um, but it certainly seems that from an outsider looking in, that seems to be a, a definitely a factor that you know the the, the share price dropping and the, the the turnover dropping is playing a part in the way the club's been ran. And I think the the way that he's behaved with Lennon and the way that he's allowed Lawwell to just run loose, in my opinion, yeah, I would I, I would actually say that he's the most culpable this season when he really had to show some leadership. He's been missing, and actually, he's been just saying all the wrong things and it's the opposite of what you want from the guy at the very top and as we discussed he is the guy at the very top he's, he's the largest individual shareholder at our club and something I learned is that he's a man with his finger in many pies because I actually learned that he's he controls an interest in the Bank of Ireland to fucking shamrock rovers so my next question is is it fair to say that Dermot Desmond doesn't have Celtic's best interests at heart? I think it's fair criticism for a multitude of reasons. I mean, Celtic, just to go back to the basics, I'm led to believe that he's a Celtic supporter. So, and, and it's fine being a Celtic supporter and investing that amount of money. And again, you can you can always look back and say, thanks for what you've done 25 years ago, and that's great. But we've moved on now, and, you know, and the embarrassment that's been brought to the club in the last period, you, you would have to take that absolutely into account. The idea that he's got, I believe, 25% now in Shamrock Rovers, he's invested in Bank Ireland, he's had, as we spoke about before, he's had dabbled in Man United, he's brought in, you know, that, is it Nick Train, the other guy who's involved in Man United, Juventus, and obviously now Celtic. I think Celtic needs certainly people that are going to be involved at that level to be hands-on and have an interest in the club, you know, and, and I think... It certainly at one point he would have been, but I, I, I think at this moment now, just everything I'm seeing and hearing just seems a bit like a, a 70-year-old man whose passion isn't at that same level. His views are a bit antiquated. He's out of touch with the fans. I, yeah, I, I just I don't think that he's as on the ball as he would have been in the past. If Dermot Desmond was to pull all his shares out of the club tomorrow, say right, and he was no longer the largest individual shareholder at Celtic, would this benefit or damage the club? I mean, like, you'd have to sell your shares, you need, or you need, you'd need to find a trade, someone that would be willing to buy those shares at an agreed price. So it's not just a simple occasion of, of, of him just going, I'm taking my money and I'm going. Like, you know, you can't do that. I personally think that I mean, look, you could run the risk of ending up with a really horrible shareholder coming in and just and having even less interest in Celtic. Of course, you always run that risk. Uh, I mean, you look at some of the stuff that's went on down south. I mean, look at Mike Ashley, look at Rangers. You know, some of the troubles they've had with fake billionaires and we had Mike Ashley. We've had, you know, some of the clubs down south have had Chinese investors come in and then just run away and not take an interest in. You know, so there's there's all sorts of risks you could run into by getting someone that doesn't have much interest in the club. But then you could also get someone who might come in and have a huge interest in the club. Or you could have someone like Fergus McCann, who's just an opportunist, who just clearly wants money, but they have a, a structured, solid plan to take 
a profit out of the club after they've invested, which personally I'm not offended by because it's it, there's no there is no messing about with that. Generally, I think he he was very good for Celtic. Um, so yeah, if you had someone to come in um, and have a passion and have a, I would say like an open mind, yeah, it could be beneficial for Celtic. I just I, I there's a, there's definitely an element I'm thinking that. Celtic are going stale under Desmond as a majority shareholder. How easy would it be for him to just throw money and invest as much as he's got into Celtic to save this 10 in a row season? Is that sort of question okay? I respect your optimism in that plan and I would love for that to happen. To answer your question, can it happen? The answer, the simple answer is yes. I don't know how he structured these finances with his businesses and how easy it is to get his money out of those businesses into cash. However, I'm pretty certain he could get some of that money out, certainly to the amount of money that would be required to help Celtic. I don't know what would what would be a reasonable amount like like to really get real quality 40 50 million to get top quality. That be that'd be a reasonable amount. So could Dermot Desmond go and get 40, 50 million right now? I would say yes, he could. With not much difficulty, actually. I think he could. Based on looking at his holdings just now, I would suggest that wouldn't be difficult for him. And actually, he might, by doing that, deliver what some fans already think he is doing, which is bailing the club out. It's something about me that, and, and probably generally... People who understand what he contributes to the club in general as a shareholder, but it's something that a lot of people think they would do if they were in that position. And I think people, when they consider that he is a fan, are surprised that he isn't already doing it. If they know that he isn't doing it, that is because a lot of people, as I said, think he already is just candidly throwing money at Celtic. I think a lot of people would be surprised that he isn't doing that, as I said. So, yeah, I mean, if it was me, clearly I would just put that money into Celtic. If I had 1.63 billion lying about and I'm 73-year-old on the 10 in a row season, definitely. 40, 50 million, probably too late. But to answer your question, absolutely, it's, he is capable of doing that. So, Mark, our podcast with you on Peter Lawwell was extremely well-received uh, and there was a lot of praise about how you manage to simplify a topic that many fans are maybe confused with or feel is a grey area, which is the business side of things. You personally have been in business for 15 years now, involved with several different companies. At the moment, you own a business in the energy sector, Verve Energy. How are things there? Yeah, everything's good. I mean, obviously, we're in the middle of a, a pandemic. Lots of our clients are going through really tough, tough times, particularly in the hospitality sector. Lots of our clients having to close down so that's hitting them in the pocket and I think at this period a lot of utility companies not let's just say they're behaving a bit naughty so you know we've we've been kept busy just try to look after as many of our clients as possible and make sure that everything's everything's in order all right so if there's anyone of our listeners then who could use your help for whatever business they're involved with especially if we need help in their utilities how would they get in touch with you if they need your services at Valve? So we've just actually uh, started our whole new social media on Instagram. So we're Verve Energy UK on Instagram. 
myself, which is just Mark Finlayson on Instagram. Yeah, so you can catch us there. And of course, you can catch myself and Mark and Gigpod regular at Etienne Bojan, all on Extreme Polls at Just Four IMO as well. So, Mark, thanks a lot for coming on. It's much appreciated. That's now two appearances on Gigpod. Catching up and John Reed at this rate. <laughs> thanks a lot, man. So, the listeners, thanks again for tuning in. You can catch us on Spotify, iTunes, and Android. Remember to subscribe, and we'll catch you next time before the Livingston game. Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.